Hello beautiful humans, this is Alicia from Ethical Wellness Programs and you are listening to the Heal in Motherhood podcast, the show that combines the science of the mind-body connection and trauma research along with spiritual teachings and practical tools to help women heal their lives from the inside out and reclaim their inner goddess while showing up as the person, parent and partner they came here to be. If you like what you hear on today's show, please don't forget to leave us a review on the iTunes podcast app so that we can grow our community and impact as many women's lives as possible. Hello, beautiful ladies. Thank you for being here with me on the podcast today. We are going to be exploring some of the modern myths that surround motherhood and why believing them could be making you miserable. This episode has a lot of healing, self-reflection questions weaved through it today. So if you have your journal nearby, then go grab it and follow along. If you'd like to be a part of the Heal in Motherhood community and receive weekly healing tips and tools straight to your inbox, along with the self-reflection questions we use today, then please head to the show notes and join the Heal in Motherhood email list. I will send all of the questions straight to your inbox. So I decided to bring this topic to the podcast because so often I see women unknowingly struggle with these motherhood myths. When women come to me for help on their motherhood journey, nine times out of 10, they are buying into at least one, and if not all, of these myths I'm going to present to you today. And, you know, I just want to say here that it's not your fault that you've brought into these myths. We are all growing up in a society that is immersed in some of these deeply rooted motherhood myths. And these stories perpetuated by advertising, Instagram, and the digital age in general. But the crazy thing is most of us don't even notice the cultural assumptions that surround us because they're so ingrained within our culture, we believe them to be our truths. And for this reason, motherhood can be a terribly isolating experience. So today I'm going to shed some light on the seven cultural myths surrounding motherhood that you might not even notice surround you. And as you are listening, I encourage you to ask yourself, am I believing this motherhood myth? If yes, then ask yourself, where did this belief come from? Is it from society, your parents, your childhood, the religion you follow, Whose voice can you hear in your mind when you are following this myth? Allow your heart to tell you whether or not this myth or this message was truly meant for you. So number one myth on the list is we can avoid screwing up our kids by doing more of the right things. So this is a big one, especially when you start on your healing journey. You know, most women start their healing journey because they want to avoid messing up their kids. 
So when I say that's unavoidable, they freak out. (laughs) But I feel this is what the healing world is built on. You know, we say things like, do the work so your kids don't have to, or a healed mother has a healed child. And why I believe it's important for us to heal our wounds and do the best as parents, doing all the right things doesn't mean your aunt going to mess up your kids. Because the truth is, perfect parenting is an illusion. No matter how hard you try, you're going to impact your children in ways you don't necessarily want to or intend to. You know, every human on this planet is here to face, overcome and grow beyond the challenges. It's not your job to be the perfect parent. It's not your job to protect your kids from every painful experience. Although you might want to, it's not your job. Neither is it your job to make them happy all the time. In fact, striving for these goals won't benefit your children. But what will benefit your kids is you being you in the most fully expressed and supported sense possible. So ask yourself, where on your motherhood journey are you trying to be perfect? Where aren't you being your truest self with your kids? Okay, so myth number two is we're shortening them every time we invest in our own needs, desires and interests. This is something I struggled with at the beginning of my motherhood journey. I think mothers often think their role is to devote all their time and energy to their kids, even if it means neglecting their own needs. But it is also vital for mums to remember and honour their own goals, thoughts and emotions, and to make time to take time for themselves. In fact, I now believe that this is our number one responsibility to learn and take care of ourselves on the motherhood journey. Because doing so enables us to mother from a more whole, nurtured and authentic place. And, you know, I see this all the time. Ignoring our own needs leads to resentment and it compromises connection with our partners and our kids. Taking care of yourself first is one of my main messages to mothers. And I know this is hard because most of us carry self-worth issues or we feel guilty or shameful for taking time for ourselves. But we need to learn to put our oxygen masks on first. If we don't have our oxygen mask on when the plane goes down, we can't help anyone else. So questions, ask yourself, do you struggle with resentment? Do you feel jealous of your partner because he's having yet another night out with the boys? When was the last time you did something just for you because you wanted to connect to your joy? How much time, money and energy do you invest into yourself? Okay, and myth number three, 
guilt is the price we must pay for the love we experience. So hands up who here struggles with mom guilt. I did a post on Facebook a few weeks ago and I was astounded by the response I received around mum guilt. I knew it was a problem in our community, but I had no idea how deep-rooted it really is. And I'm going to be doing an episode on mum guilt in the next few weeks because I believe it needs a whole episode of its own. So if you want to learn how to heal mum guilt, stay tuned for that episode. But the general message out there is that guilt is one of the many prices we must pay for being a mum. But I believe that we have been sold a lie and I'd like to flip that script on the mum guilt and say it's the price we pay for our unchecked thoughts and mum guilt is something we can overcome. And again, the issue comes back to believing we have to act a certain way because we are a mother. But let me tell you, the deeper our self-awareness, self-love and self-respect is, the less power such draining emotions have over our lives. So again, ask yourself, what do you feel most guilty about when it comes to motherhood? When you're feeling mum guilt, whose voice can you hear in your mind the most? Is it your expectations that are causing mum guilt or is it your mother's or someone else's expectations that you're trying to live up to? Motherhood myth number four, asking for help is a sign of weakness. (laughs) This is definitely something I've struggled with in the past and I still struggle with this today. I've always been been a very independent person. My mother died when I was 17 and from then I felt like I could only rely on myself in the world. So for me, not asking for help is definitely part of my trauma. I hate asking friends for help, especially when they have their own kids because I don't want to feel like I'm burdening anyone. But you know, in most societies around the world, both in the past and current, Caring for children is a family responsibility that is shared between the mother herself and several others, usually a female, um, relatives, grandmothers, aunts, cousins, sisters, those sorts of things. And although we are more virtually connected than ever, mothers have never felt so isolated in this rearing of children. We're not meant to raise children alone. And it is natural for women to need social contact with other adults and help with the baby, especially in the postpartum period. So it is not a sign of weakness to ask for help. It is a sign of strength and wisdom to let supportive family and friends into your life. Asking for and accepting help prevents you from burning out. Remember, parenting is a marathon, it's not a sprint. So ask yourself, who can I ask to help me? So you can write a list, it can be big or small, near or far, and label which people you could ask support from and what 
would you feel comfortable asking for? So when doing this exercise, I really want you to keep in mind that if you wanted Mexican food, would you go to a Chinese restaurant? No, probably not. (laughs) It's the same with people. So some people are better listeners than advice givers. Some people are better cheerleaders than reliable babysitters. So make sure you're playing to people's strengths when you think about this task. So for example, I have my sister on my list of people I could ask for help from. She doesn't live in the same country as me, but I know I can ring her for support and to talk over things with her if I need to. She's an amazing listener and she's a fantastic mum who I know will listen and support me without judgment or pushing her own agenda on me. However, if I wanted someone to babysit the kids, she wouldn't be on my list because she lives in a different country. (laughs) And I know this might sound obvious, but I see so many people feeling let down by others because they're assigning them an unrealistic role in their life. So you can do this not just in parenting, but you can do this for every part of your life if you want to. So I used to do this with my partner as well. I used to rely on him for all of my emotional support and then feel disappointed when he didn't say the right thing or he didn't listen with intent. But I now realize I was going to the Chinese restaurant for Mexican food. He isn't a good listener and he doesn't have the tools to help me with my emotional landscape. He does his best, but he's better other things. So Just keep that in mind when you're making your list, okay? So myth number five, you should be enjoying every moment of motherhood. Now, this is a hard one, especially with, I find, with people who've had IVF babies or rainbow babies, because more often than not, the parents have been awaiting this baby for so long and they believe it's going to be everything that they've ever wanted and they're going to feel more whole and you know it's going to be magical and then they have the baby and bam the reality doesn't meet the expectations and they're left feeling ashamed about how they are feeling and in truth mothers can expect to experience a full range of emotions when adjusting to motherhood including joy but also sadness, anxiety, resentment, frustration, and anger. Parenting is demanding and complex, and it can leave even the most experienced mums feeling overwhelmed. You know, motherhood is a 24-7 job with no scheduled time off, no training, limited feedback, and some social isolation as well. So it's perfectly natural to feel overwhelmed it's perfectly natural to love your baby but still dislike some of the aspects of parenthood like the sleep deprivation and the lack of contact with other adults you know there is no shame in admitting that being a mother is not easy However, mothers often feel guilty and ashamed about having negative feelings or thoughts, especially in the early days, towards parenting and motherhood. And mums feel 
reluctant to tell friends or family about these feelings and thoughts because they fear they will be seen as bad mothers or even worse, they will start to believe that something is wrong with them or that they're not coping. But you aren't meant to love every minute of motherhood. Not all sacred moments are pleasant. And that doesn't mean there is anything wrong with you. It just means that you are human. (laughs) So ask yourself, what am I really feeling about my motherhood journey? Then set a timer for five to 10 minutes and write out, I am happy because, or I am sad because, or I am angry because. And you can dump all of your thoughts and feelings onto a piece of paper without judgment, see what comes up, and allow everything to be released. So this is what we call stream of consciousness writing, and I will do another episode around that. But just for today, notice how you're feeling about your motherhood journey, and then once you've got a feeling or an emotion, you write, I am, and then the emotion, and then because, and then you just keep writing for five to ten minutes. Once you've finished, you can burn the piece of paper or you can rip it to shreds. It's not for you to self-reflect over. It's just you dumping your thoughts and feelings onto a piece of paper so they're not staying stagnant inside you. Okay, so myth number six. Our children's questionable choices reflect bad parenting on our part. This myth goes back to the idea that we somehow own our children and this has been a big bugbear of mine since I had kids because I believe that our children are not really our children at all. They are little humans that choose to be born through us and their tendencies, personalities, habits and choices while impacted by our own, compromise their own journey towards self-actualization. So supporting their unfolding means seeing them as separate than us, however connected. So not taking their choices personally. (laughs) When we recognize a negative impact we've had, we always have the choice to stay humble, practice self-love and forgiveness, stay vulnerable to the fact that we are imperfect humans. But the moment we decide to make our children's actions mean something about us as parents, we fall into judgment and control. And instead of allowing them to be who they came here to be, we start to put our shoulds onto them. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't set a good example for our kids to follow, but we can choose to let go of the idea that they have to follow everything we expect of them. So ask yourself, where are you trying to control your child's behaviours? What behaviours trigger you? One easy example of this idea in action is when parents force their kids to say please and thank you. We all have this idea that it costs nothing to be polite in Western culture. 
So we push it on our kids because we see their politeness as a reflection of how well we are doing as parents. So, you know, when we hear people say things like, oh, you're doing a good job, your kids are so polite, or we feel embarrassed when our kids don't say thank you for things. This is because we've been led to believe that manners are important. But in Eastern culture, they don't have these rules. These rules don't apply. So what is it? Should we force our kids to say please and thank you to make ourselves feel good? Is it polite to say please and thank you? Or is it just a waste of time? Well, there is no right or wrong here. It's whatever feels most important to you. But just because being polite feels important to you, it doesn't mean it's going to be important to your kids. So when you can let go of this myth, wow, you can accept your kids for who they are and really see them when they need you. So what are you making your children's behaviours mean about you? Okay, and the last myth, myth number seven, there is a right way to parent. Among the most destructive of the modern myths is right way parenting. It not only divides us, but it dulls our intuition as well. There are many equally good but different ways to mother and There is no one perfect way to be a mother. Motherhood and perfectionism don't usually mesh very well together. I can tell you from being a recovering perfectionist myself, sometimes other people who are trying to be supportive can undermine a woman's confidence by offering unwanted advice. Whether it's about feeding or sleeping or diapers or playing, doing things in a way that works for you and your family is the best strategy. The right way for you is as unique as the one-of-a-kind connection you share with your child. And yes, parenting research has come a long way towards helping us understand the needs of our children But it is still our jobs as parents to make informed decisions based on research, biological instincts and our innate wisdom. So ask yourself, where am I trying to do the right thing based on what others might say instead of following my own path? What is your idea of the perfect parent? Write that down. And then once you've written that down, ask yourself, is that realistic? Okay, so let's go over the seven motherhood myths that are making you miserable. First myth is we can avoid screwing up our kids by doing more of the right things. Second myth is we are shorting them every time we invest in our own needs, desires and interests. Third myth is guilt is the price we must pay for the love we experience. Four is asking for help is a sign of weakness. Myth number five is you should be enjoying every single moment of motherhood. Myth number six is your children's questionable choices reflect bad parenting on our part. And myth number seven, there is a right 
way to parent. So now we all know these are myths and they could be making our motherhood journey miserable. We can start to notice them in our own lives and replace them with new, more empowering beliefs. Obviously, there need to be some deeper inquiry into these beliefs and where they have come from, which is something I go deeper into within my eight-week Emotional Freedom Reset program. I've given you plenty of self-reflection questions here today to get you started on your journey. So I'm going to leave it here for today and I look forward to hearing you share your answers in the Facebook community. If you're not part of the Facebook community, then please go to www.facebook.com slash groups slash heal in motherhood podcast and join the group. Once again, thank you for being here and sharing this space with me today. Namaste, beautiful ladies. Namaste. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please take two minutes of your time to leave a review on the Apple podcast app or wherever you listen to the podcast so that we can grow our community and impact as many women's lives as possible. Thank you for being here. Namaste.